This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Hi there. This is Michael Lee, the managing editor of Crane's Detroit Business. And I'm here at the Mackinac Policy Conference with the new uh, Michigan Economic Development Corporation CEO, Quentin Messer. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful for what Crane's uh, Detroit business does for our entire state. Well, thank you. Um, so you're the new guy in town. Um, what can you tell people about your background and, and the path you've taken to Michigan? Sure. Um, I- Jacksonville, Florida native, most recently in New Orleans. And I think the most important thing and salient for your readers is really the three reasons why I wanted to come to this great state. One, Michigan is about innovation and you want to be a part of the future. And I think that we have a tremendous past of innovation, but we also have a tremendous future of innovation. We've announced a number of those things in the mobility space. We're doing wonderful things in the life sciences, agribusiness. So the future is really bright. So in economic development, you want to be somewhere where the future is bright. The second is product. When in economic development, what you're selling, what you're marketing for a place is really the people, the assets. We've got great universities. We've got great corporate base, the scenic beauty. Um, And so when people think about making decisions about where they want to invest capital or where they want to live, it is really about attractive places, It's about where they can be around uh, talented people. And that was here in space. And the final thing is, candidly, I got tired of losing to Michigan. I I competed um, with some of the local and regional economic development folks, particularly in the Detroit region, whether it was uh, Maureen Krause at Detroit Regional Partnership or Kevin Johnson at Detroit uh, Economic Grove Corporation or or, or Joanne Clary at Saginaw Future. I got tired of losing. And I said, you know, I kind of pulled a Kevin Durant. If you can't get through them, he couldn't get through Golden State when he was at Oklahoma. You know, he joined them. And so that's why I'm here. And I'm having the time of my life. We've got a lot of work to do, and I'm encouraged by our ability to get it done. What areas should Michigan focus on? Uh, what industries are you focusing on? And, and uh... Well, I can't telegraph the plays, right? You know, we got, we got, we got other states checking out. But look, we've got, uh, suffice it to say, Uh, We're going to continue to be a leader in mobility, whether that's in the passion of vehicle space, whether it's in the commercial truck space. Um, I think there are things that we will do and continue to do in agribusiness. I'm encouraged by our ability to create uh, greater opportunities in tourism-based economic development, um, the life sciences, uh, bioinnovation, I think cybersecurity. there are, you know, we have one of the ability, true abilities as a state to compete across the board. There's nothing off limits to us. And so we've got big plans, but I don't want to telegraph anything specifically. I think one of the challenges that Michigan has sometimes is talent. Um, we are we are in a period where we're evaluating our educational system, trying to get more kids with four-year degrees, um, what do you see as the as the as the priority on that on the on the talent end of the spectrum? Well, you know, it's a great point. Um, talent, talent, talent. It's the number one thing for companies. 
Um, I think what you saw and uh, heard from the governor yesterday with the announcement of the Michigan New Economy Initiative really focuses and makes sure that we deliver um, initiatives, programming, solutions to Michiganders that help them become lifelong learners and to be able to compete and adjust as the economy changes, uh, whether it's um, automation, whether it's industry 4.0, whether it's climate. I mean, all these things are, are necessitating changes in constant stealing and reskilling. And that's something that begins in the K-12 sector. It continues our great community colleges, our great high uh, four-year institutions. Organized labor has a tremendous role and has done historically incredibly well with training and retraining. So that's part of part and parcel why I'm happy to be a part of it because we have so many of the elements there. I think my my role with my colleagues and partners at the local and regional level is just to bring it all together. And I think we're going to do that. And, and the governor's initiatives and the work of the state legislature, we need to shout them out because economic growth has to be nonpartisan. We have to come to the great table of reason. And I think that's what we're going to do. How does Detroit compare to New Orleans? That's a great question. So, you know, there are, there are some there are similarities in that there are cities that I think people have counted out and underestimated. Um, I think that people have dated notions of both cities. There have been tremendous growth and development from those cities' darkest moments, whether in New Orleans it was Katrina in 2005, whether it was the financial situation for the city, of Detroit or, or what happened with the autos um, in the 08, 09 period. But Detroit has great energy. You know, our, our son, our son is 17. He's a bit of a city snob. And he, he came to visit and he said, you know, man, there's great energy. He was at Park, shout out to, to um, Ziad, who's the owner of Park and his team. Great energy there. And he said, man, I can see myself living in Detroit. Um, and I think that we've got to come together, all of us, to really correct that narrative. I think people have sort of perception always lags reality. The reality of future of Detroit is incredibly bright, as if so many of our other urban areas throughout this state. Anything, is there anything that surprised you about Detroit or Michigan in, in your time here so far? My biggest surprise about Detroit was the energy and that feeling of the best is yet to come. It was palpable. You could feel like, yes, maybe, maybe we, wasn't, we weren't always working the way we should, but we're, we're, we're fixing this and we're getting it correct. And people are investing dollars and, and time and sweat and, and, and talent and treasure to get that done. Um, so that was a very pleasant surprise. And I think the bigger surprise is just how gracious people have been. I've, it's almost like a family reunion, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and people don't know me from a can of paint, you know, I've, you know, <laughs> but people have just been so gracious. So I think that's been very gratifying um, because I don't know whether people nationally or internationally understand just the warmth of Michiganders. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. You mentioned earlier working in New Orleans uh, post-Hurricane Katrina, mm -hmm. a city that was, I believe you found, you were the first CEO of the organization. Second. 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 Oh, Ironically, okay. the first CEO, Rod Miller, 
oh. was formerly the uh, CEO of the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. So he moved from New Orleans, New Orleans Business Alliance, which he was the first CEO, and came here to Detroit, and now he's leading Invest Puerto Rico. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, but so I was the second. So, you know, Katrina was 05. I joined uh, the New Orleans Business Alliance in 2015. Um, so 10 years later, but you know, what, what you realize, and this is applicable to Detroit, is that people have fixed notions. And I think that's the wonderful thing about what you're doing here at Cranes. Every day you tell stories, you don't, you don't, it's not spin. It's just a tremendous reality of what's happening here in Detroit. And, and you become what you say to yourself. And I think we as a, as a state business community and in the Detroit business community have to really, you know, salute the progress been made, understand that there's progress that needs to be made, whether it's making sure that economic growth reaches all parts of Detroit, all neighborhoods, all communities. Um, and I think progress is going to be made. But you have to celebrate what has happened. You have to celebrate so many cranes in the sky, new construction, new companies who have who've deepened their investment. And, and I think that's tremendous. And, and we've got to do more. We at MDC have to come alongside Mayor Duggan and his incredible team, um, Nicole, Gerard Freeman, among others. Uh, we have to come alongside the county executive um, Evans and his team. Shout out to Khalil Ray Hall, who leads um, um, their work in economic development. I mean, they're, they're top shelf people who are really creating the environment so that risk takers can feel like, yes, let's do, let's, 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 let's double dog dare, as a former past used to say, and bet on Detroit's future. How do you think COVID has changed uh, the landscape of economic development work like you do? Is, 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 is there anything that has, uh, that has been learned or that has, that has changed uh, with questions about the future of office work, th those sorts of uh, yeah. questions? Tremendous question. I, COVID, or this endemic that we're in, um, I think it's changed it in three ways. I think one, the nature of work has changed. There will be some sort of hybrid structure, which means, to your point about office space, we have to be sensitive about, so what does that mean? There, you know, It's not just you lose the people going in the office, but you lose the dry cleaner, that, that, that corner diner, that, that restaurant that counts on people being there, the parking attendants. There's, there's so many ancillary positive benefits. But also we have to think about the professional development for younger professionals. So much of what I've learned about economic development was just serendipity. Being in an office and you know, my, my first boss in economic development, Stephen Moray, who's now leads economic development in Virginia. You know, if he was late and he had some time, he would just pop in. You can't really pop in remotely. Um, and so that's something that we're learning. We have to think about, so what do we do to make sure that young people are gonna be sticky and that personal development happens and how can we in the state of Michigan lead that, you know, across all of our industries. And I think the other thing that we have to opportunity of is just greater creativity. We have to really, really think about how do we refashion the space. So there may be opportunities to transfer some of the office space potentially into housing or, um, you know, more kind of rework type of opportunities. There is no lack of creativity 
here in the state. And I am confident that real estate developers, along with policy leaders, will come up with some great solutions to this. But the biggest thing, the last thing I'll say, and the most important thing, we have to keep healthy. You can't have a healthy economy if people aren't healthy. So bottom line, we need to do those things. Uh, I'm, it, it's it, Vaccination, common sense things shouldn't be political, uh, but we, we need to protect each other because once we do that, we can sort of begin to, although we're going to be in an endemic, begin to get back to some sense of normalcy. And our, our, our children, that's what I'm really concerned about. They need to kind of not have this pressure, this weight on them. I agree. I agree. The um, uh, Are there any uh, tools in the economic development toolbox specifically that you think Michigan could use? Oh, my goodness. How much time do you have? You got an hour and a half? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you could prioritize. <laughs> he was like, uh, cut it short, please. <laughs> uh, look, um, I am very gratified by the work that our legislature is doing along with the administration on getting us tools. I think that um, the transformation of Brownfield uh, credit, uh, there are going to be tweaks to that. Um, I think you're going to see a refashioned, uh, good jobs from Michigan, the, uh, the Employment Opportunity Program. Uh, Senator Horn, is, is shout out to him, really grateful to him, also working with um, the leadership in the, in the House on that. Um, I think we need an R&D tax incentive. We're one of the few states that don't have an R&D um, tax incentive. Uh, I think we could use a, a, a utility rate, an economic development utility rate. Um, I know folks are thinking about that. We also could use uh, an incentive um, to really re to reward Michigan businesses. Michigan businesses are among the ones that are most sought after by other states. And we need some sort of tool. If, if a company in Michigan basically says, hey, look, I've got an active offer from another state, we should be able to match that, independent of whether it falls in a renaissance zone or, 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 or an employment opportunity program, we need to be able to respond and protect this house. We need to build that moat. So those are just a few of the tools that, that I'm hoping and, and, and I'm talking to people. But yes, that's what, that's what we need. All right. I think we are just about out of time. I would thank you for your time. And uh, this has been Crane's Mackinac Policy Conference podcast. I'm Michael Lee. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region.